What's up, everybody? Welcome to Spiritual Side Notes. Uh, we are excited to be back with you again. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Haley's doing good. She's alive and kicking. She's not tired at all, thankfully. Not at all. Um, Never our tired. kids are not at, in an exhausting age no. and only want Haley all of the time. Mm, None of that is happening right none now. None of it is real. Nope. <laughs> it's just a really long dream. Long. Wow. Yeah. It's a very long dream. And I'm a part of it. Did you ever think that growing up? What if I'm living in a really long dream? No. It was more like once I saw the Matrix, I was like, what if this is all just the Matrix? Mm. No, I definitely had this thought often growing up. Like, what if my life is all just a dream and I wake up and then I'm only like five? <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> Wouldn't it? I don't think I've ever had that thought. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Not like that. Like, how, what if I woke up and I was back in high school? Like, what if I'm just in high school dreaming out mm. 15 years worth of life? <laughs> no, never had that. That's crazy. The question is, if you woke up 15, would you change anything? Based off, yeah, 100%. I'd be a completely different 15-year-old than the dream 15-year-old that I was. Or 16-year-old, <laughs> because I'd be 16, 15 years ago. Anyways. Well, welcome to Spiritual Side Note. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about risk tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not the board game. The uh, board game is stupid. No, but your joke <laughs> earlier was so funny. Um, Haley said risk and she goes, the worst board game ever made. The only reason you feel that way. Well, okay. Not the only reason. So I love the biggest risk. Reason. But yes, the biggest contributing factor to Haley's disdain for the game of risk is one time we were playing with my family and my family is a little competitive and by that i mean very much so um except your mom except my mom correct Mm -hmm. that's very important to this story so my dad me my sister Haley, and my mom are playing risk my dad me and my sister all get out and so it's just Haley and my mom the two least competitive people not just in my family but just like in general, they're towards the bottom of these competitive people. I feel like people. mom and I would, were competitive if we're on our team. Like, we want our team to win, but, like, playing, like, an individual game. Although Mexican train mom gets into that that's one. That's true. She, she gets but into that But also not, like, she's not, like, mad if yeah, she doesn't she's win. Not, that's true. She's not mad she, if like, she wants, gets involved. You know, she has a strategy, yeah. but yeah, anyways, yeah, the point fair. is we had already been playing, by the way. For at least two hours, probably. Yeah, something like yeah. two. Yeah, going on two and a half hours. And they were just going head to head. And it just kept going back and forth. And they just wanted to be done. Because it was late. Been playing forever. They didn't care. We weren't even trying to win anymore. Yeah. Like, against just, each other. Like, here, take my people. <laughs> <laughs> and my dad, my sister, and I were all, like, standing there watching them. Like, no, keep going, keep going. You can like, do this. Wouldn't and, like, let us stop. trying to give them strategy. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, you have to finish. I think I finally walked away because I had to go to work or something. I was like, I, I literally can't do this anymore. No, I'm pretty sure you, just, you went to bed because you had to get up for work or something. Oh, was like it that? that? It might have been that. I just but remember was, work was involved. Yeah. Like, this is ridiculous. Anyways, yeah, that's why I don't like risk. Yep. I did not have fun. Not at all. <laughs> not in the slightest. I still love it, though. It's great. It's fun. Anyway, we are talking about risk. Taking risks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is just like a really important topic that doesn't get talked about a lot and i don't really know why i don't know if it's just because like people think of this as like part of your personality or something because there's definitely being risk taker yeah like that there's there's definitely like adrenaline junkies right where they just like do crazy things or whatever but like 
the underlying uh, as character trait decision of risk, I think is just actually like really important. Mm. Um, like for me, even at like my last job, um, leading students, like my number one rule was always don't die. And the thought behind it and the, the reason behind that, and I would explain this to my students cause don't die sounds like a terrible rule. Number one, but, um, I would say that like the reason was, um, we're going to do things that involve risk. Like we're going to, someone might get hurt, but that's okay. Like we're, we're not going to play it safe. Um, now I, but I said, but don't do something that's unwise, right? There's, there's taking risks and then there's doing something that's quite frankly mm-hmm. stupid, um, that you're putting yourself in a dangerous or harmful situation or something like that scenario. Um, so just the idea of like, we're going to take risks, we're going to take chances and that's a good thing, I think. Um, and, and go after it. Cause I don't want to play small, so to speak. I want, I want to be a risk taker. I want to go for things. I want to try things. And I just, I think recently I've seen a lot of people around me, like not being willing to take risks or like with little things, they've been more like seemingly fearful. And maybe that's not true. Like I'm not trying to attribute that to them, but it comes across that way that they're more afraid of things. Um, and just the, the power of what risk taking does in your own heart of choosing to take a risk and putting, putting aside fear or, um, unnecessary caution or things of that nature even our old um, executive pastor he would say or he started saying i think um probably the last year or so we were there he's like i saw stop telling my kids be careful because mm-hmm. he's like i don't want to raise careful kids that's not the mm-hmm. goal of me being a parent um so he would say things like pay attention to or um be make a wise decision or something to that effect where he would change his language. Cause he's like, my goal mm. is not to make my kids careful. Um, and I, th- that really resonated with me. Like I tried to stop saying that to Athea, um, oh, yeah. because like, I was like, I don't, I don't want her to necessarily be careful. I want her to be aware both of herself and her surroundings. I want her to know those things, but, um, I don't want her to grow up and say, I succeeded if we developed a careful adult, <laughs> right? Like, um, that's yeah. not the goal. So, um, how do we, how do we take risks? How do we teach our kids to take risks? What does it mean? Even like biblically, what does it look like to take risks? Um, so yeah, that's kind of, it's coming from, mm. but do you have any initial thoughts? I feel like I kind of rambled there at the start. No. I rambled at the start. We didn't even start on topic. That's how much I rambled in the beginning. No, it was funny. Um, I I really, when when you ask that, have like several different bullet points that pop to mind. Partially like biblically. Point number one. Um, But I'm going to lump this in with point number two because I feel like the point number two is almost maybe the umbrella under which I've been thinking some of these things. And it's the fact that has anything truly worthwhile happened without a risk being Mm. taken. Yeah. Even if that risk is just like the brief moment of courage to say something vulnerable Mm. or to admit that I, I failed or to ask for forgiveness or, to ask that person on a date who became your spouse, you Mm. know, like, and maybe you felt comfortable doing that, but I imagine at some point, 
like these major turning points in our lives or in our spiritual walks happen when you take a risk, when you do something hard. Because risks, I think, are hard. Hmm. It doesn't always mean it feels like it's difficult for me um, to do maybe talent-wise, but like putting my neck out there or... um, Like emotionally almost or... Yeah, emotionally or... Even, let's say, physically slash time-wise. Like, well, I feel like I only have this much amount of time. Like, I don't want to risk doing this thing. Well, are we saying yes to so many little things that make us feel better or comfortable? Or, like, we have some sort of, I don't know, little bit of control, which we really don't have. That we aren't saying yes to the, the bigger, harder things. And that bigger, harder thing might actually just be asking your neighbor over for dinner. Because you really don't want to do it. And you know that you should. Mm. Like, that's a risk. Because yeah. they might not show up. They could say no. Um, they could show up and not like you. <laughs> like, yeah. They could show up and your dinner turns out disgusting. But, like, I think I've just been wandering through my mind. Like, are there any? Is, has there been any point in my life where deep growth happened without a risk being taken? Hmm. With without me giving something up that I wanted to hold on to because it was an idol or without us jumping in a car more than once to move across the country because we knew we were supposed to. Um, And so far I haven't been able to come up with anything. Yeah. Like just the, the biggest points of growth in my life have been where I've taken a risk. Yeah. Um, And God has met me in that place. And Maybe the risks I've taken haven't always been wise, but I think God meets me there too. Yeah. Um, because he's bigger and sovereign and knows my heart, like is to please him. Um, and that doesn't mean we just make all the stupid decisions we want. Like this includes listening to God's voice mm-hmm. and um, because making unwise decisions, like you said, like that's not necessarily a great risk like yeah. or a healthy risk to yeah. take but i also have been the person that was somewhat of a an adrenaline junkie growing mm. up i liked doing crazy things where i knew i was safe though like yeah. strapped in somewhere um because i loved like those zip line things or like the swinging like the back cord. and forth things yeah the rip cord or roller coaster stuff like that where i knew like okay i'm strapped in and the likelihood of anything happening to me is like basically non-existent right um but then there's other kinds of risks i love to take and that's traveling somewhere where i don't know the language or the people and it actually freaks me out like i love to travel but what i often don't tell people is like it actually freaks me out a little bit Mm. because i'm out of my comfort zone and i don't know what's going to happen am i going to offend somebody am i going to understand where i am am i going to make a cultural snafu happen and like i don't know be ushered out somewhere what nothing you're laughing smiling yeah that's okay. Um, I was curious, though, like when you walk down a, a city street, like you, yeah. you're visiting a new city, you're walking down the street, is there a little bit of adrenaline that you get from that? Can you remember? I know it's been a while since we've been somewhere new. Um, not necessarily. Um, oh, okay. I wouldn't call it adrenaline. I would say my adrenaline kicks in when, I, when something happens and I feel unsafe, like that kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, because I've had that happen yeah. overseas. Or when I know I'm supposed to approach somebody mm. and say something, and I'm like, this is, I this don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. 
um, especially with language barriers. Mm. I feel way more comfortable in a place that speaks some sort of semblance of my language. Yeah. Or that I speak enough of theirs to, like, get a conversation in. Um, so some of the risk I have to take is like not feeling safe in the way I like to feel comfortable. Like I know where the grocery store is and how to get there and how to use the language and Mm. all that sort of thing. Yeah. But traveling has been some of the richest growing experiences of my life. Yeah. Um, so anyway, why were you smiling? Nothing. Okay. Well, one of my other bullet points, biblically speaking, was greatest risk ever taken. Jesus coming to earth. Mm. Like he knew what would happen if he died for us, we would gain eternity. But he also knew how many people would say no to that. Mm. But the people who would say yes were worth the risk. I, I mean, everyone was worth the risk. Yeah. Every person, but not every person accepts the risk. Yeah. Because following Jesus honestly is risky. It is. Especially in our world, like, I mean, literally, guys, Jesus was risky. Like, he stood against culture and did all the things mm-hmm. opposite of what everyone thought he should be doing, and they killed him for it. Yeah. And then they killed his followers for it. Like, we're we're no different than that unless, unless we try to play it safe. That doesn't mean we're all going to die for the, the name of Jesus, right? That's not yeah. what I'm saying, but... Like, the, he but was worth happens. their risk. It does still happen. And yeah. I think we don't like to think about that or we want to play it safe enough where yeah. we think we'll be saved from that. But the thing is, like, God is our protector and he mm-hmm. knows our story no matter what. Yeah. But I want to live the fullest life now because this is a part of our eternal life. Like, what we do right now has eternal ramifications. Mm-hmm. So the risks we take now do have eternal ramifications as well. So that makes me want to be more risky when I look at the fact like Jesus literally gave up everything, Mm. everything. Like, why is it hard for me to give up food? (laughs) You know, or I was reading in a Devo today and I can't remember who said it, but it was some philosopher forever ago who said, well, maybe not. Maybe this guy's like 50. I was like, okay. (laughs) Um, That would be hysterical. It would be hysterical. Like, is what I'm doing worth Christ dying for? Hmm. And if it's not, then why am I doing it? And it's risky to step outside of that because I'm yeah. comfortable, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm comfortable like buying things when I want them or staying home when I feel like I should be out meeting my neighbors or, you know, just binge eating because I don't know what to do mm-hmm. with my emotions instead of saying no and diving into the word in the uncomfortable places where I sit. Yeah. All of it's risk. And maybe the point is we're risking something anyway by not taking big risks in the sense that we're risking quite honestly, like eternal reward, like mm. a fullness of life. Yeah. It feels maybe easier in the moment, but it has different ramifications. Yeah. So those are some something. of my thoughts. Like the fullness of life aspect, mm. like how much of life have I missed out on mm. because I wasn't willing to take risks. Mm-hmm. Um, even like this is kind of a small, silly, stupid one, but I think it's like a perfect example of how like fear, I let fear make a decision for me. But like when I was younger, I think like middle school age, late elementary or middle, probably middle school, um, 
uh, I would hear of my friends who played football. And I was always curious to play football, mm. but I'd hear from them like in summertime practice, getting ready for the fall season, they would talk about how much running they'd have to do specifically with their pads on, like miles of running with pads on. I hate running. I've always hated running. And legitimately, I literally thought I can't run that far with pads on. Mm. So I can't play football. And I'd let that, like, literally that is the reason I never tried out for football. Mm. I can I can almost visually pinpoint the location where I remember thinking that, um, mm. where a friend told me that. I was like, yep, uh, I, I can't. Like, it wasn't even an option for me. It was just I can't. Um, I wasn't willing to risk it to try to see, mm. to push myself or whatnot. Like, um, but I let the the fear or the what I thought was the boundary rather than mm. pushing through um, hold me back and not do something. And obviously, like I said, that's a smaller one. But um, how many of those little things do we have in our lives that we don't do things because of little fears or we do things? I think of FOMO, right? The fear of missing out and like how we do things so that we don't miss out when actually what would be better for us, either mentally or emotionally or spiritually, would be to not do that thing, mm-hmm. to actually not hang out with those friends or not go to yeah. that event or that party or not have one more thing on, on our calendar, but we don't want to miss out when actually maybe the rest would be the thing that God's wanting to provi- provide for us. And so what are we willing to risk? And I think the biggest thing with our faith is like our reputation, mm. at least in, in America, right? Like the biggest thing we, we risk a lot is our reputation as a Christ mm-hmm. follower. And don't get me wrong, like that's, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but, but what are we willing to risk? What mm-hmm. are we willing to, to push past? What fears, honestly, do we not even know exists that we actually have to process through like, oh, yeah, I am afraid of what that person will think of me. Mm-hmm. Or I do wonder about how this would affect my finances. Or I don't really want to be bold in that area mm-hmm. because of whatever. Like, um, and don't get me wrong, there are, there's, you know, the phrase is calculated risks. Um, I would say there's times and places that when you're not sure, like you have to depend on the Holy Spirit to to tell you when um, mm-hmm. to or not to say or do or whatever, um, take that certain risk. And so, like, it is nuanced, don't get me wrong, but there are just so many people who I feel like I was, I've just been surprised at um, the number of people who just don't seem to take really any risks or mm-hmm. at least many risks. And, um, and for me, I just, I don't know, I guess I, for the most part, I don't, let a lot of those things bother me don't get me wrong i have my own fears and insecurities i'm not saying that but um it's just really surprised me is all are you able to give like an example without it being someone's actual example like do they know they're not taking risks in a conversation no i think i don't think they're aware like it's just that's the life that again kind of what you use the word comfortability or being comfortable like um i think that there's just this natural desire for Oh, what's the word when you're you're um, in like perfect stasis, right? Like, um, I forget. There's there's a word for it. Anyways, um, complacent. No, no, no. It's <laughs> like when when everything's in in like balance or whatever, um, where people are just trying to get back to that state. Is it homeostasis? Yeah, I was thinking of the word yummy. Yummy. <laughs> it's my yummy state. <laughs> like, I'm so comfy here. Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. <laughs> 
Yummy? Yeah, I didn't think that was actually it. I was just saying no, that's I know. the word that that's was That's the right. word that... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. Mm, like... <laughs> I love that, that you're saying so it's hilarious, but you're not laughing at all. <laughs> My smile's huge right now. I don't know what you're talking about. Yummy. That's that... like Athalia. She won't laugh and be like, oh, that is like hilarious. <laughs> Dad, you're the most hilarious is what you're she tells me. Hilarious. Yeah, I'm hysterical. Oh, um yeah homeostasis where yeah. you're trying to get like it just feels like people are like the decisions that they're making like naturally are just for that like what can i do so that i can be at ease or comfortable and whatnot and and part of the fullness of life i think is a, a piece about you but it's not that oh everything around me is just made easy or in my control yeah. or whatever like what are we willing to step out? And like the biggest thing, like I was thinking about, even just as we started recording this, like 20 minutes ago or whatever was, um, like who is it that's listening to this that like they have something on their heart or their mind, mm -hmm. whether it's a financial risk mm -hmm. or an emotional risk with like a family member or something like, um, or it's a calling, like God's put something mm -hmm. on their heart um, to do something with their career or with their life or whatever to step out. And like, they just haven't. Um, yeah. I just like, man, I, I want people to take wise risks. Mm -hmm. Just that would be so cool to see uh, stories unfold. Yeah, I agree. I was thinking um, actually about Jonah hmm. and how it related to what I was saying about like either way we're taking a risk, hmm. right? And Jonah didn't want to risk going yeah. to Nineveh when God said go. So he risked running away from God instead, which you can't do because he goes with you wherever you go. Yeah. And he ended up right where God wanted him anyway. But the discipline was, I, I imagine, felt heavy. Like, he was inside the belly of a fish for three days. Like, that couldn't have been comfortable <laughs> either. Yeah. Uh, different kind of uncomfortable. You know, we end up, I think, apathetic when we may, don't want to take risks so that we, quote, feel comfortable. And I think apathy is one of the enemy's greatest tools against mm. us, specifically in America. Yeah. And maybe other first world countries. Like, I don't want to speak for them because I don't. Yeah. I haven't don't. spent enough time no. somewhere yeah. else. But I imagine, like, um, in first world countries in general, we just, things are easy. Like, easy to access. Easy to, like, fluff things up around us, whether that's our friends or our careers or the things in our homes to, like, kind of buffer us in and make us feel in our yummy state you know <laughs> um yummy stasis my yummy stasis where we man even thinking about risk makes us uncomfortable mm. but if anyone's ever become a parent you had no idea what you were getting yourself into actually yeah. until you became one one of the greatest risks of my life and every day i have to risk putting myself last to serve my kids and y'all i don't do that well like, I just don't. Um, I'm working on it. I feel like it's one of the deepest areas of refining God's doing in me right now. But I either have to risk being quiet and maybe not feeling in control more so for a few moments to let Jesus tell me what to do and think and say versus replying out of my flesh, which is like angry and irritable because I already feel out of control because mm -hmm. I can't control my kids. I can't. Yeah. Like the phrase, would you just control your kids? All due respect, one of the stupidest phrases on the face of the planet, you can't control your kids. 
they, they have their own choices and I can tell them what to do. I can give them disciplines, but they still choose things. The only person I can control is me, yeah. like how I respond um, to any given moment. And I'm realizing just how much discomfort I experience when I feel out of control. Um, and a part of that feeling out of control, at least right now, is because we took the risk of coming here yeah. and knew nothing and no one and... Well, no one but Matt Hare. <laughs> Hi, buddy. And um, the risky space in between where something felt comfortable into a new rhythm, like that's rocky and hard. And even that new rhythm can feel risky because n- either way, guys, we don't know what's coming. Yeah. I think when we're making apathetic decisions or complacent decisions or comfortable decisions, it's because we think it will align in such a way that we know what's coming and we just don't Mm -hmm. like our house could be gone tomorrow. Our job could be gone tomorrow. Our family member could be gone tomorrow. Like we really don't have any control. So it's almost like this false reality we live in when we sit in a place making decisions just because we think, um, we know what will come if that makes sense. Now, if it's something where God's like, do this and you're doing it, I I would say that's different than an apathetic decision. Right. Where, okay, I'm making this decision, and in some ways it might feel comfortable. Like, making cookies for my neighbor. Love doing that. Don't always love walking it to the door. Why? I don't know. Because that risky moment of, like, are you going to open the door or not? Is this going to be awkward? And it ends up going fine. Or they're not home at all, and you leave a note. Like, so far, the risks I've taken have had way greater reward than not Mm. taking them. It doesn't always mean it goes well in the way I would have hoped for. Sometimes relationships fall through, but God has like, I don't know. He's just blessed me in the obedience of like, do this. Or I think of Steve jobs. Like he just took risk upon risk upon risk to create this incredible business that existed that still exists. But like how I think we try, we think we try to buffer our failures is what, it is like we don't want to fail mm. we don't want the unknown of what's to come like yeah. whether or not we fail or like i think we want the reward if we succeed but like yeah. what if i fail yeah and that failure is just a part of humanity like yeah. we're going to make mistakes we're going to fail um and i actually think we have to relearn to accept the truth that like that's okay mm-hmm. like jesus came to die for our sins and our failures and he's not expecting us to be perfect because he is but also, like, I'm going to fail even in little things. Like, I want to try this invention, you know? doesn't work. Like, okay. But there was nothing necessarily wrong about that thing. But what did I learn? Like, what, I don't know, what things, I, w- I just wonder how many times different people who have given us incredible assets in our lives, um, specifically, like, invention-wise, how many times they had to fail to get that one thing. But mm-hmm. we only see the result. Yeah. And we have no idea the pain and the toil that they went through or how, I mean, Noah and the ark, for goodness sake, he took the risk of obeying God and was building an ark for 80 years when rain didn't even exist. Like, I imagine he lost every friend he had because he would have been that crazy guy, right? Yep. But it was worth it. I mean, he saved him and his family. Like, I don't know. I just, or Mary, she said yes to carrying baby Jesus. What if she hadn't done that? Mm. She would not have had the honor of being the mother of the savior of the world. Mm. She took a risk because she was going to be kicked out of every circle of people she was in and shunned forever. Like, I just, yeah. Yeah. I have a lot running through my head per (laughs) the usual. Per I think one of the biggest risks is like loving someone. We don't know if they'll love us back. Oh yes. hundred um, percent. 
that's a good one. Like even just like what you're saying of um, knocking on a neighbor's door, how are they going to respond? Or I think of like, you know, the Bible talks so much about like taking care of the outcast, the widow, the orphan. And, and sometimes we feel a hesitancy because like we don't know how people will respond or mm-hmm. what they'll do with that. Um, I know for me, I've hesitated, like I felt prompted to like pay for something for someone Mm -hmm. if I'm in line at a grocery store or something like that. Um, and I haven't because I don't, I didn't know how they'd respond. I didn't want them to feel offended or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. Um, but just trying to, to love people well, whatever that might look like. Um, and sometimes that's not doing certain things, right? Like, um, Mm -hmm. Loving someone well doesn't mean giving them everything they want, um, but truly prayerfully asking the Holy Spirit to lead you in every decision that you make to say, what is it, what does it look like to love this person Mm -hmm. well in this situation? Sometimes for one person, it's offering them something for another. It's not for one. Mm -hmm. It's time for something else. It's a physical need, like, um, or an act of service of some sort. Like, so just truly trying to navigate that. It's not a cookie cutter thing that I do this Mm -hmm. for every person, but it's truly just like letting the Holy Spirit navigate those decisions. Um, but that's a huge risk is to step out and Mm -hmm. say like, look, I'm going to offer my love, even if it's not reciprocated. Mm -hmm. Um, and that goes back to what you said about Jesus, obviously, right? Like he died for the world, even though it's not reciprocated. Um, or Judas Smith talks about Jesus loving Barabbas. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, I, I just never thought about it until he said that, but like he knew Barabbas, wouldn't say thank you or like Mm. turn to him at least there's no record of that um but he he's the reason perhaps was set free Mm. um physically um and he could set him free spiritually and Mm. eternally but we don't see that and so like what does it look like to risk love Mm. for someone to to truly love someone even without it being reciprocated yeah i actually um I took our daughter, Athelia, out to the hot tub today. I was so excited, you guys. Hagen was asleep for a nap. We were cold inside. Yeah, shocker. Southern California, we were cold inside. Um, It's just been so hot that people might not imagine that in Southern California, it can be chilly. All my friends in Michigan are probably laughing right now because y'all are wearing sweaters and hoodies and hats and stuff. Anyways, I took Athelia out to the hot tub, and it wasn't hot. And I go, no, 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 no. And Athelia <laughs> asked me more than once, why'd you go, no, 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 no. <laughs> and I was like, it's not hot. I was so looking forward to it. So I just sat in the sun while she like swam in there. And as I was watching her, I was just struck by her risk-taking ability. She just, she's careful about certain things. Like if all attention is on her, she doesn't mm. want to like perform. Yeah. Or um, she will talk constantly until we go who wants to pray and then she doesn't want to pray but she'll like talk over the prayer or whatever (laughs) there are certain risks she doesn't want to take but for the most part that girl will jump off of anything as soon as she's comfortable she will she doesn't care if you're an adult or not she'll be like can i help with that or she will literally try to be hagen's mom when i'm in the room like she just doesn't care yeah she just takes big risks and i was thinking about her ability to forgive in a heartbeat Hmm. doesn't hold anything against me loves me and trusts me even though the last not today today was a very good day praise the lord two days before today was just really rough like i well and yesterday that's what i meant sorry yesterday and the day before that's what i was trying to say the last two days 
um, have been really rough. Like mm-hmm. I've just had these really intense moments where I just was really mean mm-hmm. and like just putting a kibosh on like, stop right now. Um, and sometimes just because I felt like I couldn't handle any more noise and screaming and crying and whining because it was just grating at my mm-hmm. soul. Like, why is it like nails in a chalkboard when a child whines? I don't know. It just is. So anyway, I like apologized every time one of those things happened, I would apologize and ask them to forgive me. And I was like, no, I just feel like a stupid broken record. But every time they're like, it's okay, mommy, we hmm. love you. And they mean it. Yeah. They are quick to forgive. They are quick to love and to trust and to take risks and they will do anything, mm-hmm. but they love deep, intentional, hard, fast. And they do that with their little kid friends. Mm-hmm. You can have an argument with a little kid friend and immediately your friends again, like immediately. Like our neighbor was over last week and spent all day with us and she went home to her mom and I was like, oh no, because the day ended with Athelia having a fit and this girl is quite a bit older than Athelia. So by the end of the day, she was like, I'm tired of her throwing fits. And I was like, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Join the club. (laughs) Yeah. But I was wondering like if she just wouldn't want to come back the next day because Athelia was throwing fits and her mom texted me and she was like, she had a great day. And I was like, whoof. I wasn't sure if she'd want to come back because Athelia had so many fits. She goes, oh, she didn't even mention it. It's the joy of being a child. You forget immediately. Yeah. And just these, these moments of like kids love hard and they don't care who loves them in return necessarily. They can tell when it doesn't happen because it can hurt up to a certain point, right? Where at first Athelia might just be like, oh, that kid doesn't want to play with me, whatever. But if it was on repeat and she started watching and unfold, like, oh, those two played together, but they don't include me. Mm -hmm. I think it would start to hurt. But this perfect age of childhood where there's just unabandoned in everything, whether you're throwing a fit with all that you've got or you're saying no with all that you've got or you're playing with all that you've got, they are all in, including with the risk of, like, everything. Everything they do is, like, just living wild and loud and free with a complete trust of whoever's for my kids, for me, like, Mm. and you who have these two people that love them. Um, And I was blown away by this little girl that shows me the love of Jesus and how Mm. this little girl ran up to a friend who had never been to church before and invited them to church. And I sit there and take a, quote, calculated risk. Like, how long do we have to be friends before I invite them to, like, come to church? (laughs) Like, before they know I'm a Christian. That, like, I throw out there immediately that I love Jesus. But I think people get stuck there, too. Like, okay. Okay, the world can know that I follow Jesus, but that's where it stops. Like, mm. I'm never going to invite anyone into that conversation. Mm. I'm never going to invite anyone to come with me. I'm never going to invite anyone into deeper places. But like, what if we lived like a toddler? Because Jesus talks about this, right? Like the childlike faith. Mm-hmm. What if we lived with that all out abandon in response to the Holy Spirit? Like, nope, I'm just going to do it because it doesn't matter what comes as long as I'm obeying. Right. But we just worry so much about the ramifications of what might happen in this place of like, will I be loved in return or will I not only not be loved in return, but will it be plastered all over my mm. workplace yeah. to where I'm like shunned? Like, well then glory in the shunning because you, Jesus is there with you too. And he's, he's been there. Like that's not easy to do to rejoice in the suffering. Yeah. But, Cause we don't like to suffer. Yeah. The that theology of suffering is not often talked about. No, but it's, mm. I think, more often the walk of a Christ follower than mm. we want to come to terms with. I think we've softened the blow of that a little bit, mm. um, at least in our American Christian world. 
Yeah. Where like, and hear me, I'm not saying Jesus has said every part of life is going to be hard. Yeah, not at but all. But Jesus literally suffered and died. And he didn't just suffer going up to the cross. Like, he suffered other things as well, like best friends betraying him. And he was exhausted and he was healing people. Like, there were layers of suffering. And mm-hmm. I, I know he had joy and peace. So it's not like yeah. it's all hard yeah. um, in the sense that, like, life is drudgery. Um, but I think we like to ignore the reality of the hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and we think it should be in- ignored. Though that's not necessarily what we're called to. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a weird tension um, to sit in because there is the the fullness of life and what does that look like or to have a peace and joy and hope and all that. But like even like you know post Jesus's ascension, you know we see the disciples and Paul who write letters of thankfulness mm-hmm. and joy and excitement. Um, from prison or whatever, yeah. like where they're enduring something, but they're, they are um, in the middle of suffering and enduring something, but in uh, a joyful attitude. Mm. What does that look like? And, and again, like you said, this doesn't mean we're, all life is hard. It doesn't mean that we, all of us are going to experience really difficult things. Um, but what does it look like to, to risk, to take that risk and to say, you know what? Um, if Jesus asked me to do this, then I need to be obedient and I'm going to mm-hmm. risk it he's calling me to it whether it's he's asking you like within your own heart or he's already asked you in the word because there are certain things that like um obviously he's asked all of us like to to carry out the great commission for instance like we all need to be bearers of the the good news of sharing the good news of making disciples and so what does that look like for you in your life and what risk do you need to take in that mm-hmm. regard i also do want to mention i feel like i made it sound earlier as though I take risks all the time and it's not a big deal. Why don't people just take risks? That's not the way I meant for it to come across. Oh, that's not how I You didn't it. hear it that way? But I okay. also know you really like, well. Yeah. Um, I just realized I was like, yeah, it's just, I, I, I don't know. It's not a big deal for me. Blah, 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 blah. Um, taking risks, certain risks are a really big deal. I think what I was meaning when I said that or what I was thinking when I said that was I've seen a lot of like weird things not happen lately that aren't a big deal to me. Like mm. in this certain area of like, that's not a big deal. Like, let's just do it. Let's just go for it. Like, it's not. Mm. Um, but especially when it comes to, like, certain things, they're just, they don't bother me. And so mm. I think it's just been a lot in this realm of things that doesn't bother me. Because there's totally things that I struggle taking risks on. Specifically finances. That's probably one mm-hmm. of the biggest risk things, I think, for me. Um, is I like the comfortability and the confidence certain dollar amounts make me mm-hmm. feel. Like, okay, there's a false sense of security there mm-hmm. and um even though i know it's like false because we can't like so we can't control like what if i was in an accident and had a huge er bill and like well there it all goes anyway like i can't can't control that so yeah but also being wise about the future um there's not there's not frivolous and balancing that you're smirking at me like oh yeah you always come back about the being wise about the future um, you but do you have truly, lots of caveats about little things well that i think I, it's just steward, yeah for me it truly is like what does it look like to steward well um but i think risking generosity is way more important yeah than comfortability i agree i agree with that and i don't think you're wrong making wise decisions is important 
I just think sometimes we can label things as this is wise when really it's safe. Yeah. The, this number makes me feel good. So Mm -hmm. this is what's wise. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say even the, the point of like, I don't know, maybe you've sensed you and your spouse need to go away on a short trip together, but you're, you don't want to take the time away from work Mm. or use the finances though, you know, you have both or that it's been placed on your heart. Even if you don't have the money, but God has gifted you a place, like, you know, someone with a little cabin and you Mm. just don't want to ask, like, if it's laid on your heart, something like that, they're like, oh, that would be selfish. But if it's laid on your heart, like, let God bless you with that. Because maybe that's something you need to restore your relationship or someone, God wants to bless someone else and being generous towards you. Because yeah. um, I think too, like now for Shay and I, travel is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we try to budget for that, but just like the miraculous ways that God has provided for us to travel mm-hmm. because he's laid it on our hearts, but it would be easy to say like, no, we're going to save that money to do these things. But if God has laid this space before us, like I want to step into that with obedience because I don't know who it is. He wants me to meet Hmm. on that trip or the, the experiences that I, he truly uses to change me that I end up using in ministry one way, shape or form, whether it's to love people differently or love my family differently or communicate. Like I've just been blown away lately by the number of things God continues to use in my life from my entire life to shape where I am today Hmm. and how he uses that and ultimately how it has nothing to do with me at all. Like I'm blown away, like blown away how different my insights are even like Hmm. in the last 10 years, like I couldn't have done that on my own. Yeah, for sure. And I've made a lot of stupid decisions and I've disobeyed a lot, but the, the fact my heart is postured towards him, like he knows that and he Mm -hmm. continues to lead me. And sometimes I end up in like circles, right? <laughs> because I say no, or <laughs> I don't want to take the risk of feeling uncomfortable, um, going without food. Let's say if I feel like I'm supposed to fast, but like, no, I don't, I'm going to make a whole bunch of reasons as to why I shouldn't do that. But if he's calling me to do it, yeah, the reward is deeper further in with him. Absolutely. And that is worth every moment of discomfort. Yeah. Um, cause again, like that's a hardship, right? That we don't necessarily talk about a lot, but like to fast is a hardship to give up something to yeah. abstain in order to put Jesus first is like, that's hard. Yeah. Um, and we don't like to do that in lots of forms in our, our culture. Like we just want to consume things and comments and relationships and events. But what if you said this earlier, but like, what if the risk is to actually slow down? Hmm. Yeah. And to be still and to sit still and to play wait. with your kids and wait. Yeah. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Hmm. I was reading that in Isaiah today. Hmm. Um, that stayed mostly on risk, but it was kind of a little bit all over the place, like off of that. A little bit, but I think it all is closely tied to Sweet. risk. Yeah. It all usually makes sense in my head, but mm-hmm. I, because I'm a verbal processor, I don't know how many people continue to follow me. <sighs> In my that, one, that was pretty streamlined. I feel like oh. that was connected. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So go take a risk today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if that feels like it's as, quote, simple as saying hi to someone yeah. in the grocery store or walking down a sidewalk. I don't always feel prompted to say hello to everyone, but there's certain people I feel like I'm supposed to. And sometimes I don't. And sometimes I do. But like, even a little risk, right? Yeah. Because the more you do it and you experience the peace and yeah. the obedience of like what's to come, like you don't know what God will do to use that 
in someone else's life to bring them to himself or you to himself if you don't even know what we're talking about with all this Jesus stuff. <laughs> He's the best. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, thanks, everybody. Um, I hope that you have a good week and that this conversation leads you to another conversation, maybe with somebody else about this topic or risk. Thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.